Hey there, conductors. If you've ever felt that you're not quite sure what to do next when you're studying a score, maybe you don't even know where to start with a difficult piece. Maybe you study one piece too much and then you realize at the first rehearsal that you don't know another one well enough. Or maybe you're a new conductor and you don't know what score study is. I'm excited to share that I'm finally publishing and sharing my score study checklist. I've been refining this for 12 years now, and I'm so excited to share it. It is going to walk you through my structure, my process to make sure that I learn every score that I need to learn well enough and so that nothing falls through the cracks. So it covers everything that you need to know. There's a link in the show notes. Go ahead and click it, sign up, and you'll get that score study checklist sent right to your email. You'll also get access to an eight-minute video of me explaining what each section is and how I use it to organize all the music that I need to learn. It's only eight minutes, so it's not going to take you a whole hour to learn how to study better, how to put up a process for your score study and how to make sure that nothing is falling through the cracks. So again, click the link in the show notes, and I hope to see you soon. Now, please enjoy this episode of Podium Time. Anyway, yeah, so I've got this uh, this fun collection of sound bites that are things that I've cut out of the episodes, and maybe we'll share a couple of the less offensive ones. Hello, and welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the first of these new discussion episodes of Podium Time. Um, I'm Jeremy. I'm here with Luke, as always, except when he's sick or when I'm sick, and it's just one of us here, but usually we're together. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about something that we've gotten as a question uh, pretty often um, from from our Facebook followers and um, other people that have written in, and that is people who are Well, students who are unsure whether they want to pursue orchestral or band conducting. And um, I'm going to pass this off to Luke because this is something that he does have experience in. Well, I mean, I I don't have experience in band conducting. For for me, it was a pretty clear choice. Um, As a pianist, originally, uh, I played the horn because I wanted to be in orchestra. Orchestra was always my end goal. I did play in band in my undergrad and it wasn't bad. I still liked it. And I, you know, there are things about when band conducting that I think are interesting. Um, specifically, I think it's so fascinating that even though conducting is universal across all kind of mostly relatively universal across all instrumental platforms, there's usually, I find that wind band conductors are, are so energetic and I'm not saying that, um, Orchestral conductors aren't energetic. There's just something, there's something different about how they present themselves. I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, age group that wind band conductors are usually conducting, uh, which creates kind of that need for a much higher energy uh, conducting style, I guess. But um, I, yeah, I, I picked up the horn and, for the sole purpose of playing an orchestra because I love the orchestra. I love the sound. Uh, I absolutely love, you know, I don't know. There's something about the, the symphony orchestra, the, the rich history of the repertoire that you have that you don't have with wind band music. Um, it was all stuff that intrigued me. And so for me, the decision was pretty clear cut that I wanted to be an orchestral conductor I've gone to a couple wind band conducting workshops just to kind of see how the training might differ 
from um, orchestral conducting, but it really doesn't. The, they all have the same problems we do. <laughs> um, and so, you know, for, I, I was actually just asked the other day by a horn student who's in her undergrad at MSU right now, um, as far as like how I got involved in conducting and, and why I chose orchestra. And I guess I, my advice to them would be try both out, especially if you, if you're in your undergrad, play in both ensembles, watch if you, if you can play in both on, you know, both ensembles, play in orchestra, play in band. If you're not in your university orchestra, find a community orchestra to be involved in. If you're, you know, in the university symphony and you're not in a band at school, get in one or go find a community band and get in one. And, you know, start figuring out what kind of repertoire you like to play. I think that's a huge, or I guess conduct, but that's a, that's a huge thing too, is if, if you're interested in conducting Mozart and Beethoven, you're probably not going to want to be a wind band conductor. <laughs> uh, Cause this, the style of music is just so different and uh, the history isn't as, it just doesn't go that far back. And so, you know, especially as a horn player, our, our repertoire goes all the way back, you know, Mozart horn concertos is something we all play. And so I think that influenced a lot. Maybe if you're a saxophone player, orchestral conducting might not be for you. Um, even clarinet, you know, clarinet, there are clarinet concertos and stuff, but I feel like the instruments come so far uh, technically that if, you know, playing modern clarinet concertos and modern music is what you enjoy, maybe maybe the band style is more for you. So I think a lot of it has to do with your personal taste and preference in um, what you enjoy doing. Because obviously as a conductor, you want to be excited about what you're working on. And if you don't want to conduct Mozart and you want to be an orchestral conductor, there's, you're going to wind up having a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, for you, Jeremy, have you ever considered conducting a band? I, well, again, I play violin, so I've never gotten a chance to play in a band. Um, but, and I've, I've thought about doing it pedagogically because I think there are, there are, um, I mean, some people say that all conducting is conducting, but there are, there are cultures and there are differences between, between all three, um, conducting fields. And, um, I've never, I've never worked with a band myself. Um, but I've watched some band workshops and I really like watching band workshops and watching, um, band directors work with the bands. Cause it is, um, I'm not always sure how to put my finger on it, but it is very different. I like how you said energetic right at the beginning, um, because it really does move very quickly. Um, uh, while we were at Boulder last year, we watched some of the band conducting workshops and besides, just that the workshop itself seemed to be a bit more, um, I don't, and I don't want to disparage the orchestral workshop, um, but the band had different colored cards for how many minutes were left and they had a rotation of directors and everything was very figured out ahead of time. And I just really um, admired how, how um, efficient they were. And um, they had, they had one conductor working with the students they had three conductors at that workshop. They had one working with the students up front. They had one um, at a microphone speaking into the 
recording and then they had one on break so and then they would they would switch one one sec um or one position to the right or whatever you know they would they would rotate and i thought that was just that was really cool um but again that that's a little bit more surface i like i love watching um band conductors work with their ensembles um because i feel like a lot of and this is this is just from what i've seen i feel like a lot of orchestral conducting is get it through with a stick and show what you need to show to the orchestra and stop talking. Um, but I find that band conductors work very, very quickly because there seems to be just more that they need to talk about. There's a lot more um, balance that I hear in, in from the band rehearsals that I've seen. And um, that may also be a, uh, a product of the, of the, the bands that I have seen. Um, our band director at CSU is Dr. Rebecca Phillips, and I love watching her rehearse. And I really wish I would have um, gotten a bit more time to do that. But she she'll start the band and step off the podium and kind of walk around. And it's it's really cool because she knows that she doesn't have to keep conducting. And so she actually kind of separates that conducting and rehearsing. Um, and so it's just it's just fascinating to watch. And, you know, of course, she can she can hear things that I would that I would have never have noticed. Um, but yeah, I've thought about, I've, I've, I don't really want to want to conduct bands because the, the repertoire usually doesn't really speak to me. Um, but for my skills as an overall conductor, I would definitely like to, to work with some band directors just because there are, there are differences in the training for them generally. And, um, and there, you know, I just think pedagogically it would be a really good learning opportunity. And then, you know, I would be able to to approach my my orchestra and opera repertoire very, very differently. Well, and then of course, you know, you have to think about it from the aspect that a band um, in the orchestra, over half your ensemble is made up of string players, you know, and most of the time you're going to have a much smaller wind section than you do with you know all your strings, and so really in the, in the orchestra, you're working more with the strings than you are the winds because the wind players are soloists, and and so they should they should need a little less help along the way you would hope, um, and so whereas there you don't have that distinction of having two separate entities coming together in you know the band world in the band world you have your winds brass percussion you know and so outside of the percussion every instrument there in the ensemble is making their sound through breath through air uh whereas you know in in the orchestra over half your ensemble isn't doesn't have to breathe at all they could all sit there and have a you know <laughs> underwater competition of who can hold the breath the longest, and the, you know yeah. they can still play Beethoven five, you know, and so there's that there's that difference there in you know showing gesturally your your preparatory gestures need to be you know so much more breath based, and it should always be you should always be breathing. String players should always be breathing, but you know um, that's more. I don't know. I find that that's more almost more breathing out of necessity for the music and for. Uh, the togetherness of the ensemble and not so much out of necessity like you have with Mm -hmm. a wind band. One thing I like a lot about playing in a string ensemble and playing in an orchestra is that strings are very, strings are very visual. 
you can look at a section and tell even without you know without any audio you can tell if they are in sync because you have the bows and um i usually play in principal second violin that's been my seat for for a number of years um and so there's there's a there's a connection that comes with looking at the concertmaster and then looking at the cellists across the way um and i i know in in the band of course you can you can move your entire body um or you know move your clarinet or your flute up and up and down but having that one of the things that i've always really liked about orchestra is is that visual aspect because the string players have both the instrument and the bow that move and one of the one of the first times i knew that i wanted to be in orchestra was when i saw um an, a whole string section um moving their bows like exactly together and i was just i was just like oh my god that's that's so cool i just want to be a part of that so then i picked up the violin yeah i think you know that the visual aspect is definitely something that's really fascinating i loved when i worked with the springfield symphony as their stage uh one of their stage people i would go up into the rafters of the uh of the the hall and i would stand above the orchestra mm-hmm. and look down and watching them i think one of my favorite things was watching watching them perform the rite of spring from above you see everything in in the bowing you you can literally you could have the sound off and you you could probably know where they are musically if you're familiar enough with the piece just by how they're bowing you're going to know everything but you watch a wind band and it's completely static most of the time you know some there is movement involved but the theatricality of the string section uh especially when they're really involved in the music is something that i think sometimes elevates um elevates a performance mm-hmm. yeah there's a um I'll, I'll put i'll put a link in the show notes and we'll, we can post it on the facebook there's a really cool recording of um of sibelius 2 with uh I th- with a youth a large youth or youth orchestra at at the proms or some something i found it a couple years ago and that that was another one of those really early videos where you can see the entire section not just moving their bows but moving their moving their whole bodies um, but yeah, I think we, we've gotten a little bit off and that's okay. Cause <laughs> we're just, we're just chatting in this discussion. Um, but Luke and I both believe if, if you are interested in band and orchestra in any way is, um, watching, you know, going, going to workshops and getting your hands in there, um, like Luke's done, or even just watching the band rehearsals at your school, um, you know, whether at basically wherever you are. Um, if you're in high school or college or, you know, there's, there's going to be some band rehearsals nearby. So go and check it out. And, um, you'll learn different things if you're, if you're an orchestral conductor. Yeah. And especially, it's, especially if, you know, you're only a junior in college, you have a whole year before you're senior, you know, you have a whole summer plan now to whatever field you're unfamiliar with, go to a workshop this summer, find one next fall before you turn in your auditions, you know, if conducting is really what you're going to do and you're just unsure, go out and conduct both sides of the the field and find out which one you enjoyed working with most. And, and then, you know, you, you could look at it from the aspect of if there's a specific teacher that you really want to learn from it, it. I think that that should play a role too. Even if you're an orchestra person and, you know, you think you might be able to learn something from this person, go do a workshop with them. 
even if they're not an orchestra person. If they're if they aren't an orchestral conductor, that's fine. I'm sure you can mm-hmm. still learn something from them. One thing that Luke mentioned earlier in the discussion is the consideration of repertoire. Um, if you're a big fan of the you know romantic masterworks, um, I would say don't go into band because you know, there aren't really many romantic masterworks for band. You have 20th century masterworks and you have, you know, you have some fantastic pieces, but if your thing is romantic music, you're going to be having to play um, Holst for the rest of your life or just, (laughs) or, um, you know, or transcriptions. Um, But then if you are, if you're really into contemporary music, um, especially contemporary American music, um, you are, going to get a very limited um repertoire of that conducting orchestras um in general well that's something too is that you know there's so many so many of these great band uh band composers are still alive and so you're getting able to engage with this music that's still so fresh and so um so new that there isn't a stamp on it yet there aren't a lot of it, there hasn't been a tradition that's been built up over 300 years of performance that, you know, you're kind of bound to follow or else be frowned upon. And so, you know, there's almost a a pioneer sort of aspect to wind band in that there's just so much new music always being written for wind band that you have that freedom to do all these new things. You know, we have new literature written for orchestra, but if you go to any kind of uh, top-tier symphony, you're not going to see an entire season of new music because that's not really what sells tickets a lot of times. Beethoven's going to sell tickets. And so, you know, you you might get stuck, you know, if you're someone who doesn't want to conduct Beethoven 5 multiple times in your life, maybe 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 or orchestra's not for you especially if you really are into modern things i mean it yeah it kind of just and then of course you really have to think about what age group you want to conduct are are you wanting to be a professional conductor because i'm not too familiar with a lot of professional level wind bands um but if you're someone who's completely comfortable conducting at the, you know, high school uh, collegiate level, then I think wind band's a great opportunity for you because there's there's wind bands just about at every university and every college out there. Um, there's going to be some band of sort. And some, some fantastic wind bands. Um, not, not to say that, that, um, you know, wind bands don't reach a high level of musicianship because they absolutely do um, at the collegiate level. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of where they specialize is is at the collegiate level because that's where most wind bands exist. Yeah, and so it, I think that's something else to consider too is if you're not wanting to conduct a student led ensemble, then maybe you should con- look into orchestral conducting. Um, one thing that I wanted to point out as we're as we're finishing this this quick discussion is that Luke and I are both in the the or- orchestral field as conductors um and this podcast in the first year focused mainly on orchestral conductors but we do have a good chunk of um band and a couple of choral conductors aimed for interviews in this coming season so um I know we have a lot of of 
band conductors in our listener base. Um, so do look forward to those. We do have we do have some conductors for you coming. Yeah, I got to branch out. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll do our do our best to ask good questions to the choirs. Yeah, I was going to say branch out, even though I don't know the slightest thing about conducting a choir. If I'm being honest, <laughs> got to learn again. You know, we don't know everything. Got there's always there's always something to learn, and I feel like my next big thing to tackle has got to be vocal music. Yes, I did about a semester of like. 20 minutes a week of rehearsal. No, 20 minutes a month of rehearsal with a choir. So I would say my choir experience is um, nil. I mean, I sang in choir my undergrad for like three years. But yeah. outside of that, that's that's pretty much it. No one wants to hear mm-hmm. me sing. Trust me. <laughs> I, think Carol, I think Harold Farberman would disagree with you. <laughs> I think we've told that story on an episode. So we won't, we won't bring it up again, but... Um, the singing you know, pretzel. The sing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was a, that was a fun that was a fun week. Anyway, thank you for um for popping into this first discussion episode. We'll have a, one of these every other week. And if you have a topic you'd like us to to chat about, um, yeah, please please let us know. Please reach out on on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Um, or there's a contact page on our website. Um. We've gotten a lot of these questions just in direct messages on the Facebook and um, we've answered most of them. Um, and one of those, one or two of those is actually what, what sparked um, us thinking that should, we should open with this because from the feedback we've gotten from our Facebook page, this is the one and only question that our listeners wanted to have answered. <laughs> so now we've, if not answered it, we've driven the question a little bit. But again, you like if you're in a university somewhere, you have faculty members who are there who have been doing this for you know probably years, and they have way more experience than either one of us. So consult with them, talk to them. They are not going to be mean about it. I'm sure they're just <laughs> well. I can't promise they're not going to be mean about it. I don't know who your teachers are, but uh, <laughs> um, talk to them about it and ask them questions there it's it's a wealth of knowledge right there that i think you should access not that you should stop listening to, to podium Talk. oh definitely listen to podium we're Talk. also a resource <laughs> we are the only resource that's exclusively in your ear yeah and if if you want to add something to this discussion comment on the post maybe we'll make a make a topic about it or we could post on the podium time page and we can discuss it on there oh yeah 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 for sure please um everyone everyone seems so ready to share their opinions on facebook yeah so we would love our listeners to do the same if you think that we don't no idea what we're talking about please let us know um if you think we do please let us know because we don't if you have any other thoughts whatsoever please let us know if you can't tell we want to interact yeah 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 of course all righty well that concludes this <laughs> this first giggly giggly um i'm gonna play the uh our buy sound bite that i took out of an interview um here we go here let's close out all right all take right. care guys you as you well too. bye 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 bye